Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley here, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me today. It is greatly appreciated. For my regular subscribers, thank you so much. If you are new to the show, please, uh, I encourage you to subscribe either on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or on the website. The new website, believe it or not, is actually coming. In fact, uh, I have just spent a few days transcribing the ebook. Oh my goodness. For those of you that do any of that kind of stuff out there, my hat is off to you. I do not get lost in tech. I took the course I needed to to take to learn to podcast. I have partially taken my public speaking course. It's something I'm working through when I say I've partially taken it. It's an ongoing process and probably will be for life. If you have been with me since the beginning, you have probably noticed that these have gotten a little more professional, calmer, a little more succinct in its point and how I get around to saying what I need to say. That all just comes with practice. So thank you so much. Uh, Today we want to talk about this too shall pass. Now, I had a weekend where this was very, very relevant. In fact, yesterday, this was very, very relevant. And I wanted to share it with you. In fact, I even opened up the meditation book today. It's May 1st. Spring has sprung. The sun is finally shining in Vancouver, British Columbia. And I cannot tell you how light it makes everyone feel. We have had the wettest, grayest winter, early spring on record in the lower mainland of uh, British Columbia, Canada. And it has been a tad depressing. And that is something I want to speak about because actually that is something I struggle with. So depression is something that I've struggled with most of my adult life. So there are often times, you know, weather can really affect me. Now, and and, and moods and foods and uh, emotional circumstances, not letting things go from the past, which is actually what was in the May 1st um, meditation today. So we're going to just kind of quickly go through that at the end, but I want to talk about this too shall pass because it is a mindset and an understanding through experience and practice that you can adopt in your own life. Now, if you are one of my younger listeners and you're in your 20s, you may not have had enough experience with this yet. And when I say that, in the fact that you may still be knee-jerking a little bit and thinking that all emotions that you feel and all circumstances are just going to last forever and, uh, you know, still maybe he's experienced some of that teenage angst, as we like to call it. When, you know, when you're a teenager, everything is heightened. All emotions are heightened. Hormones are heightened. Everything is just very raw nerve ending in a lot of ways for a lot of teens. And it's, it's a tough, it's a tough haul. Being a teenager is a tough haul. Being the parent of a teenager is a tough haul. We're trying to create bumpers to keep you safe. And you're trying to expand your, your boundaries. And all of it's just kind of coming at you all the time. Well, do you know what? I'm in my early 50s now, and it's amazing how that changes. Now, these things do change just with time. Perspective changes, knowledge changes. But some things truly are practice. In order to have a mentality of letting stuff go, it is practice. Like learning to say no if you're a yes person. If you're always one of those people that says yes to everyone and you're always overwhelmed... You need to practice saying no. And I used to joke, and actually it's really not that much of a joke. I still say it today. Practice in the mirror. Look at yourself straight in the eye like you're talking to someone else. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. No, no, I can't really take that on right now. Because if you don't, 
you will always be saying yes to circumstances and people and, and deeds that you shouldn't be and you will always be overwhelmed. So the difference in the 30 years between 20 and 50 is practice. Conscious thought and practice. So don't get discouraged if you are one of my listeners in your 20s and this is one of your issues and perhaps it's not, but if it is and you, have, you struggle with letting things go, I know I certainly did. I want you to know there's hope. But you need to be aware because if you don't open your mind and make choices and practice, you're always going to be kind of stuck in that place. And I was stuck there for a long, long time. So what happened the last couple of days? I am back to work at a level that I haven't been at in five years. I, some of it is just sheer force. Some of it is actually uh, the placebo effect. I am on a new protocol for my fibromyalgia called the Guaifenesin protocol by Dr. St. Amand. If you have fibro as one of my listeners, which I know I do have a lot of followers that have my, my issues or know someone, get the book, What Your Doctors Won't or Don't, won't tell you about fibromyalgia or may not tell you. It's Dr. St. Armand. I have the title wrong, whoopee-doo. And read it. Even if you are not prepared to believe the theory of the protocol, and do not want to go through the effort of being on it, the book itself will just give you some peace of mind and some feelings that you're just not alone. So that's, that's sort of a side note. Okay. So I'm on this new protocol and it's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's tough and it's making me a lot sicker. But the flip side of that is my hopefulness. I am so hopeful that in eight months I will have part of my life back more physical energy, less physical pain, more mental clarity. There's the rewards are great if I can make this work. And if it's true, if the theory is true, but it's been going on for 40 years. He's had amazing success rates. So many people have found relief. I'm willing to give it a try. That's not to say that I am not still going to research things like genetic disorders. Uh, there is some belief that, uh, one of my, uh, colleagues, Adrienne, that does a whole new mom. I've talked about her uh, blog before whole new mom with a W. She sent me some information on a, a fellow that does has, has been looking into genes and gene therapy and that there could be something like genetically wrong with our genetic makeup. Well, that's true. I mean, there's not really much you can argue with that, but some of it they feel is fixable. You know what? That is leading edge medical stuff. I am always going to be right there experimenting because you know there was a time that antibiotics hadn't been invented yet and the people thought the world was flat. So I have an incredibly open mind to the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The impossible. For crying out loud, I am the Star Trek generation. All right. My ch child is the Star Wars generation, but I am the Star Trek generation. So I believe all things are possible. Plus I'm a Christian. I definitely believe all things are possible, but I also believe that God brings wisdom and that we are supposed to go out there and find out a lot of this ourselves. It's what the world's all about. We're, we need to unravel the mysteries, not think that everything is impossible because it just simply isn't. Yes, I believe there will be a cure for cancer one day. Yes, I will believe, I believe there is a cure for this world. Will it come in my generation? Absolutely not. At least I don't think it will, but miracles have happened. Um, but as a, as a whole, as a globe, as a human race, we are on a path that is going to take us to better days ahead. To better days ahead. Our history is so young and boy, let me tell you, a little gruesome, but better things are ahead. So these two shall pass. I mean, even that attitude is, is in line with today's podcast. But for me, specifically in, in my own personal experience, in my own little teeny, teeny way was how I feel and how I, I struggle with my emotions. 
So because I'm a lot more functioning right now, even, you know, maybe not higher than I normally am, but I am more determined. I have taken on new work. Uh, I'm really, for my capabilities, what I would consider working full time again. That is a huge difference in my life from the last, you know, four, four and a half, almost five years when I first got diagnosed, when I first got sick so fast. However, that doesn't mean that I don't backslide. And this is where the practice comes in from your 20s to your 50s. Because don't think perfection is ever attained. It's not. You just get better and the episodes get less and you have a better mindset about it, okay? So, had a really full week. I've kind of gone into the habit now. For me, high-functioning habits are very personal to you. And that's what I'll, you'll learn when you read the ebook for my regular listeners. They're not, some of them are, you need to have these. They're just black and white. Here they are. But developing habits for you is personal to your circumstance. My, my circumstances are personal to my disease, my age, my situation in life, the home I live in, a lot of things, my past experiences, pain, things I want to get past. So my habits reflect those things in my life that I want to be more functional in, okay? I say that because I work Monday to Thursday. Friday is a day for doctor's appointments, meetings, running around, uh, picking up my granddaughter once or twice a month, um, getting the shopping done. It doesn't matter. There's still chores. I'm still working. I'm still active. I'm certainly not at home reading a book, which is what I'd like to be doing. It's an active day. But I allocate that day for those things. And I'm getting better at not disrupting my work week, especially now that there are set things that have to be done. It's not as airy-fairy as it's been for the last two years. Great. I had a really full week and a doctor's appointment on Friday where I had body work done. I'm not even sure where my cognitive decision-making process disappeared to this week, but I accepted a dinner and a remotely night at friends of ours for their birthday. Two things. One, I do not go out after a day at the doctor's because with my, even for a really healthy person, that kind of body work can kind of set you back and you need to be aware of that. But for me, it sets me right in my ass. For some reason, I really just thought I was going to be Superwoman that day. Plus, I had to get my granddaughter in Port Moody, which is an hour away from where I live, by the way. So she's a two-hour round trip. Ended up being over three because of an accident on one of the bridges. I've been in a car a long time. Thirdly, my husband has traveled all week on business. He's been away. He never goes anywhere on a Friday night when he has traveled all week. He comes home exhausted. So we had to let our friends down. Gave them about 24 hours notice. It's still rude. I felt bad. I just don't know where my thinking was. Okay, so that's great. Friday night, I am just unconscious on the couch watching a movie with my kids and family. I'd already napped that after. The second grandpa walked in the door, I handed him his granddaughter and said, I have got to go lay down before I literally throw up. Okay, I should have seen the signs coming, right? Yes, that's what you're thinking. Well, you live with this. Well, you know what? We all live with things. And then we don't feel them for a few days or a week or we start forgetting the symptoms or the... consequences and we delve right back to where we went again that's where the practice comes in and the awareness comes in okay so this is what you have to work on so needless to say friday night pretty out of there well i've promised the kids now that we would take them out to the mall where there's this really fun bowling alley that's all decorated like you're under the sea and they have a store there that i i wanted to to pick up some outdoor clothing and take the kids to the lint chocolate factory store because easter's over and everything's on clearance so it's great it's just great fun We go bowl, we do a little shopping, we go gorge out in chocolate, (laughs) and everybody's happy. Well, I won all the bowling games, which tells me I was a little competitive, but I was also pushing my body and didn't even really kind of realize that I was just feeling so good. 
but I wasn't feeling physically well. I was feeling mentally well. And unfortunately for me, that means I push myself physically. Yeah, that was all great till Sunday morning when I thought literally I had been hit by a car. You couldn't touch my ribs. I couldn't, my feet could hardly hit the floor. My hands were swollen. I couldn't barely hold a thought in my head. It's amazing I cooked breakfast, but I spilled, honestly, it was, it was a disaster. My husband finally came in and said, I need you to back away from the waffle maker and I will do it before you burn yourself. I'd already dropped something all over the floor. I'd already broken something. <laughs> it was a special, special brunch morning, let me tell you. And that's where you stand and you sort of, actually not even there. It wasn't until I was literally in bed hours later reflecting on how I was pushing and feeling just awful. Well, do you know what? I felt bad. My little girl just didn't have my attention on Sunday, but the same token, she's still out in the yard with her grandfather and her uncle Darren from down the street and her dad's here. Really, she just wanted the 16 year old uh, host daughter that we have to play with her, but she'd played with her Saturday and played a game with her. And do you know what? She's a teenager. She has a life too. And someone that's seven just doesn't really understand that. So we're all just kind of dealing with our stuff on Sunday. But eventually I just had to go lie down. I had to nap. And the second my granddaughter was gone for the day at four, I'm in bed. I tell my husband and my host daughter, you're on your own for dinner. You know, please no one. I couldn't even handle someone speaking to me. I was reading. I couldn't even handle television. No sensory um, input at all. It was amazing how quickly I crashed. When that happens, I get depressed. I get frustrated with my life going, why is this happening to me? I actually get mad at myself. What was I thinking? Do you do this to yourself? You make a decision, you overplan, you've overbooked, you take on something. Now, I'm not talking about taking on things where you're facing your fears and moving forward in your life. I do that every day. Almost every day I get on this podcast when I think about public speaking, taking this into a public um, uh, forum, I freak out. Yet that is my goal. My goal is to public speak. This was a stepping stone. This is the habit that I've ingrained in my life to share my experiences, share my knowledge and wisdom and, and work towards becoming a better speaker and doing this live. But for me, that's a little freaky. Everyone's different. Your little freaky might be something different than mine. So I get into this state where, so that's a little different. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm just making the analogy there that this isn't about pushing your boundaries and stepping outside of your comfort zone. This is literally where I have overcommitted, exhausted my adrenal system. I've crashed my body out. And when I do that, then the mental and spiritual stuff all follows. Now I'm feeling sorry for myself. Now I'm feeling depressed. Now I'm, you know, well, oh, woe is me. And then spiritually, you know, you're just start losing sight of your joy and your purpose in life. And you might, might, might be thinking, really, Shelly, all in one day? Yeah, the thing for me is I cycle faster as you get older. You don't spend weeks and months in this nonsense. I spend days, sometimes hours in this nonsense. So if I can give you that as a bit of an encouragement, if you work hard and you're conscious of how you react, I'm not telling you, I will never tell you that it's never going to happen because that's completely unrealistic and it's just not true. The trick is cycling it faster. Coming working through it, feeling it, letting it flow, just in and out. Don't let it stick to you. No one needs you to, you know, you can be there, but don't build a house there. And in my twenties and late teens, I just built a house in my misery all the time. Yeah, no, we don't do that anymore. 
this carries on until I wake up Sunday, Monday morning for work. And I am still in so much agonizing pain. And I'm not exaggerating here. If, you, if you've ever put your back out or been in a car accident, have had a major surgery, or you have fibro, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But the difference is I'm not in pain where I think this is going to last forever. Again, that mentality, this too shall pass. So there is a mentality that I adopt and that I believe in that this is just for a season, for a period of time, for whatever. Your life will have many moments like this in it. Matter of fact, it is your life. It's just a cycle. But this particular item is very small for me. I'm sorry, my example is small. It's not a life-changing season. This is just a 24-hour season. The difference is I know cognitively and in my heart for a fact, because I've gone, th I've cycled through this enough times that I know that in 24 to 48 hours, I will feel like myself again, like today. So this is Tuesday. This happened three days, four days ago. Yesterday was the tough day. It was so tempting to crawl into bed once Keith left with a book and just say, I, I need a rest day. Do I? Yes, I do. This, I kind of did. But I did rest all Saturday, Sunday afternoon and evening. I stayed in bed. I watched eventually a movie on my iPad in bed. Um, no people, no conversations. Even my son who had to take his daughter home, go to his apartment. He doesn't have a car. He shares mine. And come back to get a ride to the SkyTrain because he was going away on business today. Nobody even came near my bedroom for that. Everyone stayed on the main level. His stepdad took him to the, to the SkyTrain. I didn't have to get involved in that. And I really appreciate that. My family around me knows when enough's enough, mom's, mom's just done. They give me that space. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. So make sure that you're creating that environment in your own life as well. And yes, that's a whole podcast on its own, okay? Creating that space for yourself and teaching those around you. I just happen to be of an age with mature friends, good friends, I long ago gave up on family being my friends. I just, I have the most dysfunctional family on the planet, I swear. Everybody says that just so you know. And I developed family through friends and they have been with me for years. They know me so well. So when I got sick, just I'm segueing here, I apologize. They rallied, they understood, they made sure that they did a little research. My girlfriend Beerta phones me yesterday at 10 after three, why aren't you napping? And I'm like, you're phoning me. <laughs> she goes, yeah, I know, but you should be napping. She's right. That's my nap time, three to four usually. But I haven't been napping the last couple of weeks and I've been okay with it. But if you're just listening, yeah, by five o'clock I had to go lay down because I was actually too unconscious to make dinner. So you were right. But I, I've been kind of pushing myself. But anyways, people, you develop, you want to develop that support network around you that people don't have to keep questioning what's wrong. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? They know what's wrong with you. They support it. They step in sometimes and act like those bumpers, just like, you know, you're the parent of a teenager. Good friends will do that later in life for you as well. So develop them. It's really important. Back to the topic at hand. It was a tough morning yesterday. I didn't have this thought on Sunday because I really wasn't, I hadn't, I hadn't hit the bottom yet because I was doing what I needed to do. I was in bed. No one was speaking to me. No one was interrupting me. That was great. But by the time I went to sleep, I thought now how... I'm not going to be really well in the morning. That's when it starts to hit me. That's when I start feeling that little bit of sadness, depression, going hopelessness, going crap again. And I wake up Monday morning and I don't want to work and I have client work to do. And I also have things I want to do with my new business and new learning things I need to set, put into place and, and courses I need to, to review. Things I want to do. But at the same token, excuse me, that overwhelming just urge to just crawl back under the covers was there. What's the difference is? 
and put on my big girl panties and pull my boots up and say, no, you do this to two o'clock. You can go have a nap or read your book, whatever you want to do, but you've got to go get four hours in. And I tell myself, this too will pass. You know, it's going to pass Shelly in 24 hours. This is not how you're going to feel. So you can't keep making decisions. I'm speaking to myself here, by the way, in the third person, Shelly, you can't keep making decisions based on how you're feeling at this particular moment. Not saying that when it's time to rest, I have to rest. That's, you know, and you need to look after yourself. We're not talking about that. We're talking about making better decisions and understanding the cycle and not being caught completely up in that moment. Now, depression is a tough thing. We fight with it in my family. I have fought with it most of my adult life. My mom's side of the family is just genetically a mess. I've done some clearing work. It's really helped, but I have a son that's bipolar. He is dealing with his issues. We're all going through it with him because this is the big crash for him where he's in care and on drugs now and not trying to handle it just on his own. We're truly in the process of it all. So it's, it's a huge educational experience for all of us. And all these little battles, all these hills and all these valleys, this too shall pass. It doesn't mean, I do not mean that in the, in the aspect that you may never, you may have things in your life that you live with forever. That's completely different. Manage them, do the best you can. But these moments of extreme, what's the word I'm looking for? Of extreme, let's just use the word of extremes. They will pass. We don't want you making decisions, having long-term thoughts that this is all there is and this is your life because it shall pass. So the question is, are you letting it go? Now, this was my weekend. Just wanted to explain, you know, what happened there physically, how I made poor decision-making processes over those few days in that week beforehand. So right out of the gate, I made a poor decision at the beginning of the week by accepting the invitation. I should have just said, thank you guys. I would have loved to be there. Wished our friends, Bob and Marianne, a happy birthday. But that is something that we physically cannot do this particular weekend with how our weeks were laid out. Doctor's appointments were already made. Keith was already traveling. There was no getting around that. Granddaughter was still coming the next day. And I need my energy for her. She's quite amazed. She's quite amazing, that little one. These are the things that you have to decide in advance. Not to get caught up in making poor decisions and then not to get caught up in the emotions as they're happening or in what's going on because they will pass. And if especially, now I'm speaking to listeners that to you that have made a decision. If, if you're listening to this podcast, you've obviously made some sort of decision to better your life, live a more high functioning life, not live in regret. You're aware. You're working on being aware if you're not already there. And it's always a process, by the way. So right out of the gate, I'm expecting you to understand what I'm saying here in the fact that we've chosen not to live there. Still going to happen every now and then, but we need to move past them. So the question is in your own life, are you letting things go are you accepting the expression, this too shall pass? Whether it is an illness, a poor relationship, situation with your family, money, your job, your career, your business, your marriage, your children, raising teenagers. If you don't know that expression, raising teenagers, learn it. Because let me tell you, this too shall pass. Take my word for it. 14 to 17, worst, seriously, and I've had some... Icky things in my life. I swear to God, those were the worst three years of my life, raising that child from 14 to 17 with that son of mine. That being said, it's just no different than birthing a child. You know, that pain is there and then it, it passes and you've got this great little life to, 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 uh, to look after and reward you for. This too shall pass. It is an expression you need to commit to heart and then is an attitude you need to work on. Okay? Nothing happens 
overnight by osmosis. You don't get to hold the meditation book in your hand against your chest and hope that all that learning will just, it'll just through some, you know, magical spell enter your body. You actually need to open it and read it. You need to practice the thoughts. You need to practice the disciplines of how you structure your life to cope with these types of things. Okay. I think that's all I need to say on that. I'm pretty sure I've got a fair group of you thinking about what I'm saying right now. This too shall pass. This desert will not last forever. You know, even the Bible, one more thing, even the Bible talks about this. You know the expression uh, or the, the scripture, though I pass through the valley of death. Did you notice what I said? Though I pass, even in the Bible, God didn't say, though I've built my house in the valley of death, I will be there with you also. That's not what he says. The language is very specific. Though I pass through the valley of death, this too shall pass. Okay, I'll leave that thought with you today. So what did uh, Melanie Beattie say in her book today? May 1st, first day of in our world spring because it's not disgusting out there. Learn to release old toxins. I just love how when I open this book and it aligns with what I want to talk about today, the universe is wonderful. I will paraphrase this, paraphrase this as best I can. Just as splinters can get embedded in our body, old emotions and beliefs can act like toxins and can be embedded as in, us, in us as well. Now, I was more speaking about in the moment today. This too shall pass isn't necessary. Well, it can be, but for me, it was a short-term thing. I knew that in a couple of days, I would feel better. Like I say, I cycle a lot, fa cycle a lot faster emotionally than I used to. That just comes with age, wisdom, and practice. Practice, people. There's no, there's no getting better at anything without being aware. But it's spring for me. The rain has washed everything away. In fact, my husband power washed on Sunday because which is bad, I know, or annoying all the neighbors on a Sunday, but we had the benefit of this Boro tool that just, whoo, it was amazing what our deck up there looks like now. So that, you know, everything's getting clean. It's that, it's that time of cleansing. But if you have beliefs and emotions that uh, haven't been healed, you need to look at those and say, you know, what needs to get healed? What hurts? Is this feeling familiar? Have you felt it before? That's a little bit like my first part of the conversation about the cycling. I felt this way before. And I know I come out on the other end. That acceptance of, of knowing that there are better days ahead is the point I'm making today. Once you've identified what you're feeling and thinking, release it. Let the energy go. Let it leave your body. You can chatter. That's one of my favorite words, actually. On and on about what's going on with you. But that doesn't release that energy from your system any more than talking about a splinter takes it out. You do need to actually be physically involved in the process of removing the splinter and no different than with your own life and emotions. You need to be cognitive and hands-on in the process. Often the process of releasing old toxins can be gentle and natural. Lots of times though, it's not. Find the kindest way for you because as the way of a flower or a tree grows with sunshine and rain and a bit of fertile soil and a little pruning and weeding, so shall you. Melanie closes with, growth can be gentle now, growth can be fun. Breathe in new air, breathe in new energy. Exhale the past, its feelings, beliefs, and toxins. Let it go and let yourself be transformed. And I have to say, I'm glad I didn't, you know, have a full-on meltdown, share with the world when I say that, all my friends and husband, over the past 24 hours because that would have brought everyone else down around me. I knew this would pass. I don't want to give power to how I was feeling for 24 hours. I want to give power to how I'm feeling today. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. 
Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you liked best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.